So guys who are listening right now, they may be yelling at themselves and feeling really bad because they have this approach anxiety. But the first and most important step is to forgive yourself for it and know that there is a part of you that wants to keep you safe. Now, there's another part of you that thinks, well, if I approach her, then I'll get happiness. But then the, the different parts like, no, if you approach her, you're going to get sadness. So they're fighting against each other. And part of what we do when I do work with clients is to get those parts in unison, get those parts working together. Episode of Dear Men. I am excited about this topic because it's something that I see in my clients a lot, and I'm excited to get another perspective on it. So today I have with me Mark Singh, who is an NLP dating coach and host of the Unapologetic Man podcast. So welcome, fellow podcaster. We're happy to have you. Really appreciate you having me today, Melanie. Um, so yeah, so we're going to be talking about um, approach anxiety and kind of how to overcome it and sort of, I, it's almost like a freeze response that I see in, in my clients and I'm not sure what you see in yours, but the self-sabotage stuff of making excuses to not talk to women, you know, everything like that. Um, can you say a little bit about how you got into all of this? Yeah, absolutely. So, so NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming, and it works under the basis that we have programs running in our mind, much like a computer program that dictate our behavior. Now, most of these programs are created in the first seven years of life when your brain is actually in a mild state of hypnosis. It's in theta, and the programming of your parents, your siblings, your friends becomes your programming. So if an incident happens in your early childhood where you're told don't talk to strangers or don't bother people, or if you're with your mom and, and some guy talks to her and, he, and she's like, oh, he's gross. These were, this is where you know, these programs are created. Now, obviously, as you get older, you realize that a lot of these programs are outdated and they don't work for you, specifically in the realm of approaching women or making a move, uh, escalating physically. That's a lot of the issues that I see with my clients. And so what NLP does is we're able to go into the brain and through processes, through visualization, I put my clients in a mild state of hypnosis, walk them through the processes, and we can literally remove these kinds of programs that are hindering them from approaching women, for example. And then we replace them with programming that's more conducive to approaching women. So I know, uh, go, go ahead. Did you have a question? Oh, I was just going to ask. Yeah, you mentioned a few of the, of, I was just wondering what the common ones were. Like you mentioned mm. one, like, don't bother people. Mm -hmm. Wondering, do you see in men frequent sort of these kinds of beliefs that were installed early? You know, like, I know one might be like, don't be like your father. Mm. Do you have any other ones that you tend to see over and over? Or is it different for every single man? Yeah, I see the same ones over and over again. And typically it's shame uh, surrounding women and the feelings about their own sexuality. Also, um, I'm not good enough 
for her. I'm not enough. That's a really big one. So issues of self-esteem. Also, again, yeah, don't bother people. Feel, don't feel good about your sexuality. And there's, there's other programs that are, you know, really, really given to guys from traumatic incidences. Sometimes there's traumas that happen where maybe they did approach a girl in middle school and she rejected him really badly. And that's a trauma. And through a process called the trauma process, we can literally remove the severity of it so that when they see a cute girl that they want to go talk to, it's not this like gigantic battle inside themselves. And that's what happens. And that's what happened to me. And I'll tell you my story briefly. But what happens is they see the girl and they say, man, I really want to talk to her. No, she has this wrong with her, that wrong with her. Don't do it. And then she walks out of his life forever. And then the rest of the day, he's thinking to himself, man, I wish I just talked to her. Why can't you just go talk to her? It's not like you always have to go try to get her phone number. I mean, we can just go up and talk to people and that's okay. But we need to first convince the subconscious mind that it is okay because there's definitely a feeling of one foot on the gas pedal, one foot on the brake. And NLP is specifically designed to get both feet on the gas pedal and to do so safely. Yeah. And that's really what it is a lot of the time, right? It's that it doesn't feel safe. There's some Mm -hmm. part that doesn't feel safe. Like I will get attacked or I will Mm -hmm. get shamed or I will get fill in the blank. That's really, really bad. And so our subconscious or unconscious is trying to protect us. Mm -hmm. Right. With everything, with every action you have, there's always a positive intent behind it. So guys who are listening right now, they may be yelling at themselves and feeling really bad because they have this approach anxiety. But the first and most important step is to forgive yourself for it and know that there is a part of you that wants to keep you safe. Now, there's another part of you that thinks, well, if I approach her, then I'll get happiness. But then the the different parts like, no, if you approach her, you're going to get sadness. So they're fighting against each other. And part of what we do when I do work with clients is to get those parts in unison, get those parts working together so that they can shoot like an arrow towards their goal and get what they both want, which is that happiness, that security. So there is a way to do this thing, this whole dating thing, this whole approaching girls thing, even online kind of stuff, if that's what guys are into, to do so safely. You don't always have to put yourself, your heart on the table and wait for her to stomp on it. You know, you can do it safely. And that's also part of my teaching is I teach tactically. How can you approach a girl without making her feel creeped out? How can you go give her something rather than being a taker? How can you be a go giver is what I call it. Give good energy, give good conversation, give value without her feeling like you're trying to take something from her. So that's part of it too. And when we get the inner, the inner programming working with the outer tactics, that's when guys really see success. Yeah. And I want to go back to the inner programming, especially around shame and sexuality that you mentioned. So what does that actually sound like? Because part of what you're saying is this, the zero to seven years is when it, a lot of it's happening. And so the mm-hmm. messages tend to be pretty simple. Like you said, like, I'm not good enough or mm-hmm. don't bother people. Mm-hmm. What are the simple messages that a lot of men are getting around the, the shame and sexuality part? Mm-hmm. Sex is wrong. So I know today in today's society, you know, there's a lot of religion and a lot of shaming about sex, where feeling guilty about feeling sexual towards a woman. And this can be quite inadvertently given to us by our parents and siblings, like not even a direct statement. Like your mom says to you, little Jimmy, sex is wrong. It it may happen that way, but typically we just, uh, you know, um, 
absorb the metaprogramming of our parents. They simply believe it and through actions, it's shown to us and we absorb that. So sex is wrong is a big one. You are not enough. And this could be, you know, you're shamed at school one day when you raise your hand and you give the wrong answer and you, you convince yourself, okay, I'm not going to step out. I'm obviously not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm low in the pecking order. I am a beta cuck. I am not an alpha. And, you know, I always say that life is like walking through a rainstorm and it's impossible to walk through a rainstorm without getting hit, hit with drops. Well, the drops are calamity. They're bad belief systems. They're things that happen to us that cause trauma. So we all have trauma within us, man, woman, child, we all have it. And many times that trauma, unfortunately, is a negative consequence to going for women, to trying to attract women. So that's why I do what I do, which is the NLP thing, is to help them remove that. Because I found as a dating coach, that's the most effective way. Like I'm talking one session. I'll give you a quick story if that's okay. Um, When I was a kid, my dad died when I was 10. And I started insulting myself to get attention from my mom. Well, my mom's like, you know, Mark is having big issues with his self-esteem. So I'm going to take him to the doctor and see what's wrong with him. So she takes me to the doctor and the doctor says, okay, let's take some blood out of him. Well, they didn't tell me they were going to take blood from me. So they take me in the back and they start taking my blood and I'm freaking out because I don't know what happened. I'm trying to run away and I had three nurses hold me down while they took my blood. Well, I was a child. I was very impressionable. And because of that, I got this massive phobia of needles. So from that time until literally just a few years ago, I couldn't go to the doctor. I couldn't give blood. I couldn't do anything that had anything to do with doctors. If I walked into a hospital, I would almost pass out because I would be so terrified. Well, through one NLP process, it's called the trauma process, and I did it with my coach, I was able to completely remove that fear to the point where literally two weeks later, I went and got a nine-hour tattoo. And, you know, I wanted tattoos my whole life. I thought they were awesome, but I, I could never do so because I was so terrified of needles. But that was the power of that process to just simply remove the trauma. And, and that's what I do. So that's how I got into it initially. I had some issues with anxiety and I hired an NLP coach to help me get over my anxiety. So that's how I got into it to begin with. And was your anxiety also related to women as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, when clients hire me, I always, I always tell them, man, you are, you are being coached by a guy who was the worst of the worst. I mean, my own personal story is, you know, because I had issues with, with my mom, my, my father passed away. I was cheated on by my first girlfriend who I was very much in love with. I got this big fear of being rejected and, and losing something that I needed so badly, which was a woman's love. So I, I had massive, massive anxiety and it's a whole different story, but I was in Japan and I was actually a Japanese translator and I, I, um, totally seized up on stage when I was translating and they had to pull me off of stage and get a new translator to come on. And when that happened, it started a year long bout with massive panic attacks, agoraphobia, gigantic anxiety. So that's when I hired an NLP coach. He totally got me out of it. I mean, now I can speak in front of thousands of people. I can approach any girl I'm attracted to. I have no issues whatsoever with that. So it's because of the success that I had with it. It was just why I started doing it. And I found it works really good with dating, 
which is something I just happened to get into a lot, you know, like the, the PUA community and pickup lines and all this stuff. I was heavily into that in the early 2000s. So that kind of merged into this NLP dating coach thing that I'm doing now. And so when you mentioned the, that belief sex is wrong, mm. um, is that the most prevalent one that you see with men who are coming to you with anxiety around approaching women? Is there also like men are bad or, you mm. know, like, I'm just wondering, like, what are the other messages that a lot of the men have? Because mm. that's, I think, um, something that a lot of men can resonate with of they might not have, like you said, it might not have been something that was stated explicitly, mm. but it could be something like men are perverts or mm. like all men want is sex. Mm-hmm. Stuff like yep. that. Like, is that, are those the other types of, I guess my question is, do men come in with one belief and it's sort of like, okay, we cleared that belief. You're good to go. Or is mm-hmm. it like, there's a couple layers of them. Good question. So there are typically a couple layers of them. Uh, don't inconvenience people is a big one. Um, I'm not enough is another big one. Sex is wrong. Like we talked about today, there's a lot of issues with quote unquote toxic masculinity where we're literally being uh, shamed in some instances to show interest in a woman and approach her. So there's that fear too. And a huge one, Melanie, is fear of what other people are going to think of them. And that comes down to tribal communities. So For 200,000 years, we have been developing and evolving in a tribal community. Now, if you're a guy and you approach a woman who belongs to, let's say, the alpha male or the friend of the alpha male, and she rejects you in front of the tribe, and the tribe sees it, and they go tell the alpha male that you did that, it could literally mean you you get bashed over the head with a rock. So these are also ingrained in our DNA and given to us again through the meta programming, and we can remove that with NLP and show you, hey, it's safe to do so, especially in modern times. It's a completely different situation we're in now, but we're almost like prehistoric man living in a modern world, and fear of the tribe is huge for guys. I mean, I hear that almost every single time. Now, when we work together, we typically remove the biggest one. And like a tree in the forest, when you remove the biggest one that has the most impact. Like, let's say, don't inconvenience people. Let's say that's the one. And it's the biggest one in their psyche. When we remove that, oftentimes others will get removed along with it. So you're absolutely right. There are layers to it. But when you get one out, other ones come out as well. And yeah, sometimes it takes more work. It depends on their situation, how much you know issues they face throughout their lives. But um, typically it's the big one that that influences them the most. And, and when you're saying don't inconvenience people, the way that shows up with women is like, don't bother her. Mm -hmm. Don't bother her. She's doing something else. Like you don't don't want to bother her. Maybe she has a boyfriend or she's on her way to go somewhere. You don't want to inconvenience her and bother her. Don't do that. But I always say, Hey, if you had a hundred dollars in your hand and you were going to go give it to that girl, would you be anxious to go do that? And they say no. And I'm like, exactly. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you that ability to go give her the $100. But that what that is, is your energy because states are contagious. So everybody wants to be in a better state. So if you can go up with a good energy and maybe even a better energy than she has at that moment, and you're like, hey, and you, you introduce yourself to her, she's going to feel that energy from you and you're going to lift her state. So you're going to make her feel better from having talked to you. 
And every time you approach a girl, you don't have to go for the phone number. You can approach and eject, as I call it. Go up, have a, have a polite conversation. You don't have to be creepy about it. You don't have to try to take from her. You can go and give good energy, maybe even go give a nice compliment. And if you're not feeling it, you can eject. So what I always say is let's ease into it. Let's go into it slowly and expose yourself systematically to approaching so that you teach your psyche, your subconscious mind that, hey, it's safe to do so. And then as you get experience doing that, you can ramp it up, ramp it up. And then look, if you guys connect, you can ask for a phone number. And if you were cool about it, if you weren't creepy, if you do the tactics that I teach where you come up and you go give good energy, then she's not going to be mean to you. She's not going to be like, "Ew, get away from me. I can't believe you just asked my phone number. She'll just say, no, I have a boyfriend or, you know, I'm not dating right now, whatever it is. And then you go on with your life. And the reward, we, we in place reward systems for approaching her that are more intense than the reward system you get from not approaching her. So that's the way it works is we have to build habits that reward you for doing what you really want to do, which is to meet women. And we all, as men, need that pair bonding. We need that female energy in our lives, just like women need that male energy in their lives. It's a biological need. So it's terrible that a lot of guys are sitting at home alone every night, you know, wanting to have that woman, but not able to because meta programs are holding them back. So, okay. So let's go back to that one of, um, don't bother people or mm-hmm. don't inconvenience people. Do you have like a specific client that you can think of that, um, that you worked with around this? Because I'm curious, you know, a lot of NLP will take you back to the first time that you remember having that feeling. Right. Yeah. Good for you. You knew that. I'm so, yeah, I've done yeah. I'm, I'm curious if you can, you know, I don't know what you're, where you're, where you're at with confidentiality, but is there someone that you can talk to specifically about what his story was coming in with that belief and then what happened in the session and and what happened after? Yeah, absolutely. So a really interesting story is I was hired by a man who needed to get married for his employment. So it was religious based and he had to be married in order to enter a career that would, um, you know, allow him to do what he wanted to do. So he wanted to be a chaplain and he had to be married in order to get into the chaplain school. So he had this meta program, exactly what we're talking about. Don't inconvenience people. And he had a tough situation because, you know, you you have to, he had to meet a girl and within a year and a half, marry her so that he could get into the master's program to go do this. Well, long story short, we were able to remove that with processes. And I remember very specifically an incident where we had a phone call and he was really down and he's saying, you know, it's just, it just isn't happening. I'm meeting lots of girls, but I'm just not finding the one, the right one. You know, they're either too immature or I'm just not relating to them. It's just not happening. And I said, look, your luck can change just that fast. Today, it can sound like completely abysmal results things are not going well. And then tomorrow you meet her. And literally, I think it was three days later, he texts me and he's like, he's like, man, I met this amazing girl. We hit it off so well. He approached her in public. Um, I think he was at a supermarket and it was because he got over that feeling of don't inconvenience her to a feeling of go give value, be a go giver, go give her good energy. He was able to do that and approach her politely and respectfully, and they hit it off. He got her phone number, took her on some dates, and completely true story, 
they're getting married now. And he actually invited me to his wedding and that's taking place in May. So, um, I'm so it's, it's one of my biggest success stories. I'm so honored and I'm going to go to his wedding and he's like, uh, he's like, you know, you're giving a speech, right? And I was like, oh man, what am I going to talk about? So I was thinking about talking about how your luck can change just that fast, you know, in life. But it's not just luck because you also worked with him around these beliefs. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering when he, when, you know, are you able to speak at all to one of his original memories or what was something that came up in a session around mm-hmm. like what the origin, because for in in my experience of NLP, part of it is going back to the origin of when the belief was installed, what was happening in your nervous system. And a lot of times, like you said, you were pretty young, like mm-hmm. you were three or you were six or you were nine or whatever. And like you said, something happened at home or in the lunchroom, or is there something that you can share that was specific to his actual experience when he was young, when the belief was installed? Good question. And, and typically, interestingly enough, is that usually we don't have to remember what the incident was. So with certain processes, specifically the trauma process, like when I had the blood taken from me, that's where we go specifically on the incident. But with him, we didn't have to remember what it was. And that's the cool thing about it is that your subconscious mind knows the first time that was this, this was installed. And you're absolutely right. We want to go for the first time because like a pearl necklace, when you take off that first pearl, all the other ones fall off. So in his specific instance, um, I, I do not remember exactly what it was. I don't even think he knows, but it was probably, you know, one of those situations he's, he's a baby or a, a toddler or an infant or whatever it was. And somebody comes to the door and his mom is like, God, I hate it when people bother me or, or something like that, that got installed in him. But once again, we don't really need to know what it was. We just trust the subconscious mind to take us back to the very first time. And we do this through a process called timeline therapy. So you imagine your life as a timeline from the day you're born to the day you die. And we go all the way back, 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 back to the first one. We don't need to know what it is. We throw a blanket over it because we don't even want to know what it is. But we, we get in touch with the negative emotions that came out of it. And then through that visualization, we remove it. And then we remove all the other ones. So in his instance, no, I don't remember what it was. But it was, you know, he's like, I just don't want to approach them because I feel like I'm going to inconvenience them and they're going to get irritated with me. And he was also afraid of what the tribe will think. And he probably had some shame too. You know, he's, he's in a religious kind of thing going on. So there was probably shame involved with it as well. Interesting. And so when you're working with men that aren't necessarily in the religious community, um, do you, like when you're specifically working with you know, shame around sexuality. Um, do you find that those messages are different or are they also like, I'm not enough. I won't be enough for her. Mm. So messages are different. Uh, the vast majority of my guys aren't in the religious community. They're typically, you know, guys in their late twenties or I work with guys all over the world and all ages too. Um, but so when you ask that question, could you specify that a little bit more? So what do you mean by that? I guess I'm just wondering, you know, with, for men and shame around sexuality, are the message, do the messages tend to be the same? Like I'm not enough or I won't be enough for her Mm. or are they different? Like I'm bad because I want sex. Yeah, they're, they're different, a little bit different for each guy. So it could be, you know, um, I, I shouldn't want to penetrate her could be one or, 
it's shameful to throw yourself out there and get rejected could be another one, you know, for the religious guy, it's, you know, sex is wrong altogether until you're married. And then I'm not enough, which would be, I can't satisfy her in bed is a big one that I hear. And by the way, that's also what's responsible for premature ejaculation, as well as not being able to get it up. Impotence is typically not feeling enough for her or feeling like the beta um, guys who come too quickly, it's usually because they think they're, they're the quote unquote second wolf, which is like the beta of the tribe. And as we see in, let's just say, you know, gorilla communities, sometimes the females will mate with the beta males and the beta males will come very quickly so that the alpha male doesn't see it happening. And that happens in human beings too, is that sometimes a woman in the tribe, let's say, will want to sleep with the quote unquote beta and he want to come really quickly so that he doesn't get caught. So when you have the feeling that you're a beta, sometimes you'll have issues with that. So they're, they're all over the place as far as their origin, as far as the specifics of why they come. But the thing is, is we got a lot of tools in our toolbox to deal with it, depending on what their issue exactly is. And have you specifically worked with that kind of stuff with premature ejaculation or mm-hmm. yeah. dysfunction? And, and like you said, is, does that frequently come up as the underlying belief? For, for that, yeah, it, it frequently does. You know, we, we see that with disorders and dysfunctions, there are typically a scope of causes that cause them. And in that scope, there's typical processes that we do with NOP to remove those. But yeah, I think, you know, premature ejaculation and impotence is more common than we know. Obviously, a lot of guys don't want to talk about it. But when they hire me, of course, you know, confidentiality is my number one priority. So they, they feel safe to admit that to me. And, and literally, we can, you know, fix that quite quickly. Because when you realize the cause of it, there's a saying, awareness alone is curative. So when I tell them, hey, could it be because of this? And they're like, oh my God, yeah, I think it's because of that. Um, that's half the battle. And then we lay the processes on top of that and we can get really good movement through that. And when you're removing the old beliefs, are you also installing new beliefs or is it more just, yes. okay. Def- definitely. So it's like, I always liken it to a car being uh, parked in a space. You can't shove a new car in that space if there's already a car in there. And that's the issue with affirmations alone is that if you have a belief system that I'm an idiot and then you tell yourself over and over again, I'm a champion. Well, it's like trying to jam a new car into a space where there's already a car in there. So what we do first is we remove that car, the space is open, and then we also have processes that install the new belief system. And that's like the car going into the space. And so in terms of um, I'm not enough, obviously the new belief is probably I'm enough. Oh, yeah. And yep, definitely. For the, for, the, um, for the sexuality stuff, what is an example of a new belief that you're installing? I will satisfy her. Cool. And, and, and through doing that, um, I also teach them, you know, how to satisfy a woman. And like you, you know, you came on my podcast the other day and you were talking about how women need so much more time to get warmed up. That's exactly what I teach is, is how to do that. You know, how to please her, how to make it about her, how the brain is a woman's biggest sexual organ, how to make her feel beautiful and vulnerable and led to where she wants to be led to all these things that they can do. So, you know, through competence comes confidence. 
So in removing the belief system, that's the first step. And then we, then, you know, I teach them how to execute correctly because how is also important so that when they go into it, they're going to be like, okay, I have these tools in my tool belt. I'm going to be a champion in the bedroom. I feel super confident. I am enough. I am enough. And, right. and a lot of guys, you know, who feel like they're not enough, they're great guys. They're great, great guys. And I think anybody who has the courage to reach out for help, that alone shows your greatness and shows that you're willing to work on yourself. And anybody who's listening to this podcast, whatever it is, 25, 30 minutes in, wants to work on himself. And that's so rare that that alone should be something you should be proud of. Like, man, I'm really trying to develop myself, get better. I'm listening to this podcast. And um, that's why I love podcasting like you and I were talking about before the show is that it attracts guys who are really champions, who are great guys, intelligent, educated, um, you know, willing to improve themselves. So that alone should be something where you feel that you're enough and that you are the prize that she is. She's lucky to be with a guy like you. And that's where we need to get guys to think because that's communicating your body language. And that's what her attraction is really based on. Yeah, I, I'm glad you spoke to that because I, I repeatedly feel that with the guys that I work with of just like, thank you for showing up. Like, thank you for showing up and doing the work. I'm really in awe of the men that I work with and and just, yeah, I'm just like, this feels really good to work with these guys because these are the guys that are good partners. These are the guys that are mm -hmm. like, this is the healthy masculine in the world. This is yep. the healthy masculine showing up and doing the work. And it's yeah, really inspiring. And I feel like I have a lot of love for, for men <laughs> and especially the men that are showing up and doing the work, because like you said, it's not, it's not all men. It's, it's rare. And mm -hmm. it's, um, yeah, it's very attractive. So, mm -hmm. all right. Um, we're going to start to wrap up here. So, um, can you speak a little bit to how you work with men and where they can find you? Sure. Thank you for that. And um, yeah, you can find me at marksingcoaching.com. That's M-A-R-K-S-I-N-G coaching.com. And I also host the Unapologetic Man podcast. And if you can spell the word unapologetic, then you have every right to the gold that I drop on that podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> please check that out. I give a lot of really good information um, a lot of tactically based stuff like, uh, you know, frame control, how to approach. And then I also do some NLP processes on there too. So if you want to check out, uh, that podcast, I'd appreciate it. And then on my website are some testimonials and stuff you could check out. Once again, that's uh mark coaching.com. Cool. And you yourself are, um, married and I'm wondering if you can speak very briefly to like, how has your relationship with your work changed since you've gotten married? Cause you still primarily work with single guys. Is that right? Mm -hmm. I'm actually not married. Uh, we, oh, we married. Oh. Uh, no. And I, I'd, I'd see why you'd get that impression. Cause we do live together and we do have a baby together. Oh yeah. Sorry. I just assumed. No, you're fine. You're fine. We are, um, common law marriage, I guess is what it's called. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah. So I'm not, but I still go out, uh, with guys and her and I have an agreement. Obviously I'm not allowed to do certain things and I honor that agreement, you know, with every fiber of my being. Um, I'm not allowed to, to touch them or obviously take their phone number and certain flirting things are off, off limits. But Marissa is her name. She's, she's my girlfriend and I'm absolutely in love with her. She's the greatest woman I've ever met. Um, you know, we have that agreement and she, she's into it too. She's really curious about it. And I tell her stories about it. 
and I help guys in field. So we go out, I, I live in Denver and we go out in Denver and I help guys out there and over the phone, you know, she's, she's really interested in it. And I'll tell you what, as you know, it's all about bettering men. It's not about the manipulation stuff and the uh, NLP dark secrets to get mind control over her. No, it's not about that. It's about becoming the best version of yourself, becoming a great man that a woman would want to be with a man that has all these attributes that can not only keep her attracted, but also make her, you know, fall in love with you and be the provider, just like what you talk about in your work, which is to be the bad boy mixed with the guy with the heart. And, and that's really what I teach. So she's super proud of me. She tells all her friends about it and the whole family knows and they listen to my podcast and it's all positive. So that's how it works between her and I. And would you say that your work has changed at all since getting into a committed relationship or would you say it's kind of the same? It, it's a little bit, yeah, that's a good question. Actually. I never thought about it. I think it has changed to the point where it's a little bit less like, Hey, try to go get laid, which I was really into, you know, in the early two thousands, I've totally moved away from that to becoming the best version of yourself, hmm. treating women well, loving women, just like you love men. I mean, God, I love women so much. There's just so many great things I could say about them and, and women can pick up on that. Right. So when I first got into it, I was in my, my twenties and I was like most dudes who just want to kind of get it in as much as I could, but women pick up on that and they can really sense it from you. So when you have a genuine love for women, when you love the feminine and you appreciate it, they can pick up on that and you have much more success with it. So I think being in a relationship has given me the perspective of the whole circle. Like I've, you know, been done everything from, from the opening to trying to get as many girls as I could to being in a committed relationship with the baby. We have a six month old now. And I think that gives me the full scope of experience and it makes me a better coach. Hmm. Cool. Thanks for speaking to that. Yeah. I'm, I'm always interested in, in, um, how, our lives, like how the lives of people who are holding space for others, how it changes in terms of, you know, this specific field, because I think, you know, other people in other industries don't have the same, the same experience, <laughs> right? Like whether they're in a committed relationship or not, doesn't affect their accounting yeah. services. <laughs> so yeah. there's a constant there <laughs> that I think does shift when you're actually in the field. So thanks for speaking to that. Absolutely. Hey guys, just a quick note as we're wrapping up. One of the things that Mark and I touched on in this episode was around men who are afraid to approach women because basically they know that eventually it's going to end up in sex and they don't feel confident there. And I just wanted to mention, um, I teach a course called Please Her in Bed, which you've probably heard about before, but if not, now you know it exists. I'm going to be talking about it more. And it reminded me that you know, several of the men who've taken the course have mentioned that they feel more confident in general with women because they feel like they know how to please them in bed. So I'm just going to read one of the testimonials. This is from a guy who was 27. He said, I almost immediately started seeing a woman shortly after the program. She is open and is all over me. And we've had intercourse. Before the course, I hadn't had intercourse in about two years. I took the course because I wanted to be more confident in how I showed up in the bedroom. After taking it, I feel way more prepared and ready to handle and lead uncomfortable conversations about sex. I'm able to relax more around having intercourse and shame around sexual performance has also started to disappear. So that course is available at pleaseherinbed.com for $97, 
But if you use the code DEARMEN that I just created, then you'll get it for $69. So I want to make sure everyone's having great sex and that you feel confident and that you feel able and ready to satisfy women. Um, The other thing is that this is just a reminder that I would love for you to join my Big Sexy data set. This is the group of people that I send my surveys to. It's how I get my research completed. If you would like to join, just email me at dearmenpodcast at gmail.com and just say, I'd like to join the Big Sexy data set. And we're going to be leaning on that more and more because this is going to become an interactive podcast by April. So March is going to be as as it has been. And then in April, each month is going to be themed. And I'm going to send out the surveys. And if you answer the surveys by mid-month, you can enter to be one of the listeners on our listener panel at the end of the month. So you're going to be able to participate. And I'm actually going to be able to ask you questions about the topic of the month. And the topic of the month for April is going to be owning your power. So power in relationships and in your life. So I would love for you to join the Big Sexy Data Set and I will see you next time. 